I think if I reject his content, then I do reject possibility. I reject opportunity. Um, but I did do that. What I noticed right out of the gate is I felt like he was very disrespectful. He was not a kind human being. The way that he spoke was very belittling and self-righteous, which I don't necessarily disagree with now in this moment after watching his video. But I think he took the world by storm. This is my real answer because he pulled out of men a part of us that's missing still. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a surprise episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. We are breaking our usual schedule today to have a conversation that we feel is very important. And it was very important for us to dissect. I think that there's a lot of narratives surrounding this concept today that we really want to get into. So first and foremost, my name's Coach Kyle. What's going on, people? It's your boy Anwar Ahmed, aka Squared. And the topic today is Andrew Tate. So who is Andrew Tate is what we'll get into. But if you've been following a lot of the internet storms, a lot of the TikTok uh, viral videos, you'll have an idea of who this gentleman is. And we want to dissect a lot of what's happening because he did just get banned from pretty much every single platform socially. I think that YouTube has yet to, I'm not sure if TikTok has, but Instagram and Facebook have both banned him from their platforms. And there's a lot to unpack and around TikTok. And he's uh, he has, okay. TikTok, yeah. yeah. And so we, you know, generally speaking, don't love to talk about specific people uh, and about specific things like this. We like to talk about actual concepts and topics, but this one is very relevant to what we do. This specific person and the way that they act and the things that they're getting portrayed as or attacked for are uh, very much in line with what we talk about here, which is you know patriarchy, misogynistic behavior, um, violence against women, uh, uh, fueling your life based on materialistic things. Like there's a lot to unpack here in regards to masculinity. And Andrew Tate has been influencing a lot of young minds for quite some time. So we mentioned that uh, Andrew Tate has been banned by almost every single platform. But for those that don't know, uh, Andrew Tate is someone who just recently took the internet by storm. I would probably argue that he gained most of his traction from TikTok. It seemed like his videos went more viral there. And that's what brought a lot of attention to him. But uh, from what we know, uh, at least we don't know this man personally. He's uh, an American British internet personality is how he's being viewed. Uh, he's a former professional kickboxer. And after he finished kickboxing, he began offering paid courses and memberships through his website to, and moved even further into more of an influencer marketing type role, which is kind of what got him into the position he's in now. He has a website and a YouTube channel that both offer like I think it's professional development type stuff, mindset, uh, how to beat depression, how to <clears throat> uh, develop your masculinity. There's a lot of these areas of focus. And I'm sure in his words, he would say areas of expertise that he involves himself in. But the challenge and the reason that we really kind of came into this was because a lot of information and videos came out recently on Instagram and on TikTok about how he should be removed from the internet. A lot of people were saying, get him off. He's toxic. He's influencing 13-year-old boys to be misogynistic and to be uh, abusive towards women, to be disrespectful towards women. So there's a lot of narratives that came out that a lot of people also latched onto. So he received a lot of hate and inevitably got 
banned. So let's get one thing very, I guess, clear is that he was able to take the world by storm. I think there's a stat out there that says he was the most Googled person across the globe. Like, I think it was like 11 point something billion searches for this guy. He literally took the world by storm. So let's start there. I mean, someone who is being viewed and was banned from the internet for being misogynistic, patriarchal, disrespectful, uh, and had apparently claimed charges against him. How does someone like that, in your opinion, take the world by storm? How do we even get here? I think a couple of things, to be honest. I mean, one, he's very, very polarizing. Um, and the most polarizing. You know, and, and, he, and he's very, very wise. You know, I think he's actually very smart in the way he articulates himself, mm-hmm. um, and the way he debates, the language that he uses. He doesn't come across as dumb. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't talk in a very dumb tone. He talks in a very smart tone, right? So if, and, and, then, and then you add all these other elements of like his, his personality, right? He's got a lot of charisma right? He's, he's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of the things that, you know, um, people want, right. In terms of, you know, success, money, women, like, you know, platforms, supercars, all the material things that you would want. Right. So I think that when you couple all of those things together, it's, 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 it's very, it's a, it's a recipe for success in terms of dominating the internet. You know, you take mm. the charis- you take the charisma, you take the supercars, you take all the, you know, the lifestyles, the jets, all of that. And then you add that in with, you know, a very polarizing type of opinion and black and white kind of mindset in terms of like how he thinks about the world, you know, where the world is, you know, I guess the more progressive world is, you know, asking for more gray is asking for more nuance. Right. And he's taken a very, very black and white position on things, you know, where he speaks very, very factual and how he wants to kind of communicate himself. So I think that for those reasons is why I think he's, he's really blown up and he's taken the world by storm. Mm. The interesting part about all of that is like, he's not the first person to accumulate wealth, cars, money, uh, girls. He's not the first person to do this. It's not like this is something new to the world. Um, so do you think it's just the videos that got him his traction? I mean, you're, I think maybe it's just his polarization. Maybe that's really what it is. Cause a lot, I guess if I think about the most people who I know have accumulated that kind of lifestyle, uh, or success, if you will, if that's what we want to call it, uh, I don't, I don't pay attention really to them that much. I don't really feel called in. So it's as if, um, I guess my answer to my own question is that literally the reason he blew up was because of his polarization, not necessarily because his success, his success was just a fuel or a, uh, yeah, the fuel that got him to the front stage in the first place. And then he created the polarity of his opinions and the way that he speaks uh, in a lot of these videos that have gone viral. Well, videos, I guess we can call them more like short clips, minute or two clips that have gotten him the quote unquote fame that he has now received. Um, anything that you feel is added to the extent outside of polarity? Cause I think that's really his winning game. I definitely think it's definitely his winning game and being controversial, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that like, it kind of speaks to where the world is at. The world likes negativity, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right? Like the world like latches onto negativity, like you wouldn't imagine. And so when we have a world that loves negativity and you have somebody who, you know, is in his opinion, saying a lot of positive things and then saying, you know, a couple negative things and it being clipped out of and taken out of proportion, 
you know, what we end up getting is these long format videos where, you know, he's speaking on things where he believes is where his value is, you know, addressing men's issues, you know, addressing mental and physical strength, uh, and then the protection of women as he, so to speak in his, in his final, uh, message, that being his core messaging that he's trying to get across, everyone's kind of just clickbaiting all of the negative mm-hmm. sides of what he's saying, putting it all together and then causing a fire out of that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and taking the world by storm. So um, there's not that many people who are, you know, clipping out the positive things and putting, you know, cause that doesn't get clicks, right. That doesn't really get the viewership that you're looking mm-hmm. for. So I think it is a, a little bit about, you know, where we're at in the world as well as like, you know, we love negativity, you know, we love negativity um, and we, and we push the negativity out two times as fast as we push the positive out. But we knew this, right? Look at restaurant reviews. Yeah. You have a bad meal, you're going to talk about it. You have a good meal, you don't talk about it. So we knew that the world loved negativity anyways. I just think it's been very, very amplified um, in, in, in the digital, digital world today. So um, it doesn't help that he's given him a bit of ammo in regards to saying some pretty negative things um, mm-hmm. that are very, very strongly rooted in you know toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity um, you know, misogyny, patriarchy, things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, you know, to give, I guess, some more context to this conversation, we're kind of already in the depth of it. Um, we had no intention of really having this conversation. We w- wasn't even on our radar until he did end up getting banned and the way the clips came through and the, uh, that, the, the specific posts you and I shared back and forth were very like, whoa, like this is aggressive. This is, over the top, like, but it's definitely within our wheelhouse to have a discussion about because it addresses masculinity. A lot of the countering arguments against what he has to say are saying like, you are influencing young boys in a dangerous way. I think they're actually calling him a danger right now. They're literally using that word. And what we have already started to do is bring attention to the more zoomed out perspective towards this specific human being and his behavior. And you know, as we go about this, I think for me, what I want to make probably abundantly clear is that um, we didn't come on here as like Andrew Tate defendants. Uh, We came here as concept unpackers, if you will, to really get into the root of what it is that he is sharing, why people are latching onto it, um, what is maybe his positive intent, because there is always one, and what kind of person is he really, and what does his behavior pull out of all of the people in society? Uh, Because there's so much more to this than just, he's a piece of shit. There's hundreds of layers that we could unpack. Um, but to answer my own question earlier that I asked you, I said, you know, why do you think that he took this by storm? Why he took the world by storm? Yeah, I think that I agree with the polarization aspect. I think that he uh, brings up a lot of controversy within our, our in, own individual experience. So when he shares something, I feel the inner conflict in me of do I agree dis- or do I disagree? And he challenges my own narratives. So I start to want to see his content more because uh, it asks of me or invites me to more deeply root myself in what I believe in. And I think if I reject his content, then I do reject possibility. I reject opportunity. Uh, But I did do that. What I noticed right out of the gate is I felt like he was very disrespectful. He was not a kind human being. The way that he spoke was very belittling and 
self-righteous, which I don't necessarily disagree with now in this moment after watching his video, but I think he took the world by storm. This is my real answer because he pulled out of men, a part of us that's missing still. I think that he is a comparable caricature to Donald Trump. I think in my mind, they're very much a similar viewpoint towards the world and the way they speak and approach topics is very similar. It's very direct, short, to the point, assertive, aggressive, if you will. But I think Andrew Tate pulled out of us as men, why young men are really latching onto it is there is this like high aggressive focus on vulnerability and softness and uh, connection and emotionality right now in the world. And for a lot of people, they view that as being weak, which is why the men's movement isn't really a huge movement. Um, it's more of a still slowly, slowly, slowly growing movement because it doesn't pull at the other side, which is the wild self, you know, the wild man inside of all of us, the savage, if you will, like that exists in all of us. So I think what he did a really good job of, which Trump did as well, is pulled out that inner, inner wild man. Um, there's a book that I would encourage everyone to read called Iron John. And it literally is like a mythological approach and explanation to this exact thing, to this exact concept of being a kind and respectful and um, you know perfect little boy that never embraces their wild side and never like allows the and both to happen. You and I were just having a conversation about and both in that, like you can be excited and nervous, right? There's a, there's a both there. You can be worried, but also hopeful. Like you can have both. So can you also be this, you know, vulnerable connected person and also have a lot of power within your own life in the sense of not power over, but like power with the things that you do. Um, can you be adventurous and, and safe at the same time without going beyond your edge? Like our last episode, I just think that he really pulled that um, a missing piece that I, personally for me, even I haven't focused on. And as I process this out loud with you, I realized that one of the things that he did with the videos that I would have seen is that he triggered that in me to come up. And I've suppressed that version of me for so long that I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. You're not allowed out of your cage. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. And I'm looking at someone who's proving to me that it's unsafe to do so because I don't agree with the way he's doing it. So you're still going to have to stay in your cage. So that's just my first general, I guess, theory towards like, this is exactly why. Because he, he poked the bear of a missing piece of society, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you've unpackaged that, you know, amazingly. Um, I think even like to, to, to add on to the poking the bear, it's like, he's been on record saying, you know, he'll say polarizing things like what is depression? Depression, does, that's not a real thing. Right. And so somebody who's going through that is thinking, what the heck? I thought I had something. I thought in one conversation we were saying, you know, if you are feeling these things, you know, you should mm -hmm. do something about it. You should go seek out help and all of these things. And then you have this guy who's successful being like, depression is not a real thing. It's in your mind. Right. And it's like, it is in your mind, right? It is in your mind. And through talking about it, you can hopefully shape and shift you, how your mind is perceiving your life right now to hopefully move the needle forward in, in a, in a, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Right. But when he, to your point about Donald Trump, he talks in very short format. He talks in very like concise words, right? He's, he's just taking the, he's not saying that like, 
the steps in which you have to change your mind and your idea of how you feel right now, mm-hmm. you know, that's a bit, you have to pull that out a little bit, right? He's just mm-hmm. saying like depression is, he's like, it's not a real thing. It's in your mind. And that actually has some truth in it. Right. But it's like, when you say things that are so polarizing and you say things that are like so black and white and feel short and feel like there isn't more context to it. Mm-hmm. And you are a very valuable individual who, who maybe is struggling or maybe doesn't understand how to interpret something, then it causes this, this danger, which is what he's being perceived as, right? Because the danger element to me, what it really says is that like, if you don't have a filter to be able to actually listen to what he's saying and maybe take it in any context other than how he said it, and you don't have any, um, you know, cause like he, I do think he's a bit of a troll as well. I think he's so witty <laughs> that he's a bit of a troll. Like he just kind of trolls people. Like he knows what's going to get clicks. I he would kinda, agree. He kind of just amplifies the story a little bit. He adds a little seasoning to it, a little spice to it. Cause he knows that it's going to probably send that video from, you know, to his point, he was like a video that gets 500, 500,000 views to 50 million views is a little bit of seasoning. You know, you just got to add a little bit of extra in it and he knows how to do it strategically. Right. So you know, in this headline world where we live in, where we just look at the headline, we look at the click and then we look at this, you know, what it, what it, what it's really forcing us to do is it's really forcing us to actually become people who will read the long format, read an article, watch the 12 minute clip, not the 30 second Mm -hmm. clip, you know, be people who can formulate a real opinion about something, you know, um, and, 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 and pull it out because, you know, for him to, you know, and there's clips of him all like so many places. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy. There's don't be a pussy. But when he, you ask him what his main value to this world is, he think he thinks that he thinks that his main value is addressing men's issues and helping them with physical and mental strength. So, so it's like, you know, see what I mean? Like there's, this, mm-hmm. there's the, you need to get deeper. If what your messaging is don't be a pussy. And that's what we're seeing because it's being curated our way. But mm-hmm. this man's, and when he goes to bed at night, he thinks that the value he has to the world is helping men like address men's issues. Then, mm-hmm. then that means that there's a barrier between either how we're interpreting <laughs> and how the messaging is coming to us and, and those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to add, and you know, I think one of the reasons why I think it's super important that as our podcast that we talk about it, we often talk about the word masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. The word masculinity is one part of our name. The other part of our name is the word modern right the the question is is that is is andrew poking at original masculinity or like old masculinity and you know is 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 confusing people because we are trying to move into a modern version of this right and he's kind of undoing everything that we've kind of done right he's pulling us back to everything, the way he speaks, it's almost like the, the, the past is back in the front. Like he's the way he talks even about, you know, the women, how he talks about how, you know, he was raised with a, you know, stand up for yourself, toughen up, don't cry type of mentality. That was his father. Um, you know, so, and he says that in his, in his final message. Right. So is he just, you know, continuously like moving that agenda forward. Right. And so there's a lot of people who are like, they are trying to, decide right now, like, is the old way I've been taught right? Or is this new way that is coming up right? And they're like in between the two, right? And so what Andrew Tate is doing is if this is a game of tug of war, he's just created an army that's on the opposite side of everything that we talk about. 
and 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 when you're not if you don't have the the right environment or the you know the right ability to interpret information you might just get you might easily just switch teams just because of the shiny things right and unfortunately a lot of things that we talk about are internal mm-hmm. they come from within right it's how your heart feels it's how you feel spiritually it's how you feel emotionally it's how you feel um and 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 I'll wrap this up by saying these two worlds can live together. You can be a warrior. You can be in the garden mm-hmm. that, that many times. Right. And so if what we speak about sounds like the garden, great. If what Andrew Tate speaks about sounds like the warrior, great, but decide how to be in between those two spaces. You don't got to overcompensate and go all the way on the other side or overcompensate and come all the way on this side. Right. And to your point, Maybe even, and you can speak on this to yourself, but maybe even you are more on the gardener side. So when you see too much on the warrior side, it causes you a little, gives you a little bit of a, I don't know. I don't like that. I'm going to stay on the garden. I'm going to stay in the garden, right? Because it's calling you forward to, 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 to be a warrior, to address the warrior in you, to find that, 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 that fighter, you know, but to not forget about the garden, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so that might be what's kind of coming forward when you, you feel pushed or brushed forward. And I feel the same way, right? Um, I feel the same way. And uh, I think that he like, as a silhouette, he kind of, he, when he just stands and like his aura, everything about him just screams old masculinity. Mm. And I think we never wanted to say that old masculinity is horrible. We were just trying to advance old masculinity into a progressive state. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's why our show is called Modern Masculinity. Yeah, when you said that a few moments ago, I literally was like, like, preach, tell him, get after it. When you, when you said that there's two parts to our name, I think that that's the part that I do miss sometimes in this process. And I think that just kind of speaks for itself, but we don't speak directly to is the name that we created. But to uh, honor what you said, I think that the end there, was really the important message for me in that we're not trying to eradicate those versions. However, I think in the process of creating it, we felt like we have had to kill the old, not integrate the old into the new, not allow them to work together. And you know, a lot of the old versions of masculinity, whatever that even means, has been very demonized and put to the fire, if you will. And I don't necessarily think that's always done as a service because it forces people to pretend like there wasn't a part of them that valued those things. And even just being, you know, the, the sole financial provider, we act like that's old news sometimes. And that's one of the most prevalent narratives to exist still. It's not anywhere near gone. And Andrew Tate speaks to that as well. He's like, I think all women should be paid for. I don't think they should have to pay for a single thing in their life. And for a lot of the current day and age, approaches, it's very conflicting, triggering, controversial. And instead of saying, okay, I hear you. Is there a way to work with both of these? It's no, you're absolutely wrong. That's bullshit. We're not there anymore. How could you think that way? How are you not past this? Like you're such a, you know, patriarchal piece of shit. Like, no, that's not necessarily true. Is there truth in that their patriarchy might be influencing that? Yes. But can we support those who are trying to make those kinds of decisions with a deeper conversation? So that way they actually know what their values are, then maybe it is that 
Maybe they do appreciate the feeling that comes from being that specific type of man. No worries. Do your thing. We don't need to demonize that part of us. Um, but what we have done is demonize that part of us. And it makes it very hard. And then people like Andrew Tate come up. And next thing we know, we're like literally avid Andrew Tate people because he's speaking to the part of us we were being asked to ignore, being asked to pretend doesn't exist. Uh, so there's layers and layers to this. So something that Anwar and I both deeply value in our lives is personal development and not just talking the talk, but also walking the walk, which is one of the fundamental reasons why we created this podcast is to support you in having the tough conversations and then feeling confident and safe to take new action with this new knowledge. So what we've decided to do to support you in this is we've partnered with Men's League, a men's mental health platform whose biggest focus is to make a systemic shift in how we view what being a man is and what masculinity entails. Their mission is to provide a diverse group of like-minded men with a support system surrounding their mental health, their physical health, their financial aptitude, and their personal relationships. Men's League is a space where you commit to improving yourself. You commit to improving your mental health and becoming a better man. So what does Men's League offer? Well, let's get into it. First and foremost, they're a private community for men, which includes a chat forum and also monthly Zoom calls where you come together, discuss a topic, and you just partake in conversation with other men. I've taken part in so many of those. They're one of my favorite things. Mental health check-ins. So this is huge. This is unlimited 45-minute sessions with mental health professionals. Incredible. You always have that help at your access. Discounted one-on-one and group coaching services a whole mental health resource library to help you manage your day-to-day and real-life issues, exclusive membership offers. This is cool. They have discounts for men's clothing and health products. And this is my personal favorite part because I've partaken in it a lot, is professionally made online self-development courses that you can take at your own pace. They're always available to you. And they'll help you with your relationships, your physical health, and your financial aptitude. So if you're looking to get involved, we and Men's League are excited to offer you a 50% off of your first year membership. To do, to join the league, go ahead and click that link in the bio or go to mensleague.com and don't forget to enter a promo code MODERNMASK50 and get access to everything they have to offer. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. We'll see you back in the episode. One thing that you know, I think I want to point to in continuation is that I initially thought of Andrew Tate as like a bad person. I literally saw his videos and then the, the things that you and I exchanged. And I was like, this guy's an actual piece of shit. I, I can't believe he is on the internet in this way. Like, how could we be saying those things? And in that approach, I realized looking back, like I was literally a part of the cancel culture for one of the first times. And I try my best to get out of it, but I was in full truth. I said, like, this guy needs to be canceled. Get this shit off. We're trying so hard to do all of this work and create change. And he comes in and speaks this bullshit because again, like what I didn't do was I didn't ask myself, like, why am I triggered by his content? Why do I dislike it so much? And the million dollar question is, can I dislike his content 
and still just live my life the way I'm living it? Like, can I have a different perspective around something that's also going viral? It's like the virality of content right now is supposed to be the thing that controls our life. That's what it feels like. Something goes viral. That's the right answer. You should probably follow that or at least be engaged with it. You cannot necessarily disagree with it. Um, and even if you, uh, if you do disagree with it, then you're part of the cancel culture. Like you're part of like, get them out of there. There's no room for both. There's no room to have an equal conversation of, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with a lot of things that Andrew Tate says. I do not. Um, but do I agree with him in his final message saying, should I be removed from the internet for it? No. I, or sorry. Yes. I agree that he, that shouldn't be the case because again, it's just the controlling of speech, controlling of the freedom to be who you are. And he is like, if you really, if you really take a look at what he does, and I know you want to speak to this too, like he's, he's one of the most authentic people to exist on the internet. Like he doesn't give a shit. There's no holding back. He speaks what he wants to speak. He says what he has to say. He stands behind it and he just moves on with his life. Like it, that's in a way it's, <laughs> it's just an aggressive and very assertive form of authenticity, but it's still nonetheless authenticity. It's who he is. That's just, that's the end of it. That's his beliefs. And that's the end of it. He is, he is at this point, you could probably put his face beside the word authenticity. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how much he represents authenticity right now. In, in, in my view, yeah. just put and, it in the dictionary, authenticity, Andrew Dave. <laughs> because especially in this new world that we live in, right? We are in a time right now where authenticity is like no longer how we interact. It's not about telling the truth. Mm -hmm. There's all these hidden agendas, right? We are somewhere between trying to not get canceled and, and the truth, right? Like, like every opinion lives somewhere between that. Like it's yeah. not really fully the truth because you're, 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 you're answering that question with the assumption that you're too worried. You know, it even speaks to our mood check. Go back to the mood check. Why are you so anxious about this conversation? You might be worried that you're going to say something that's going to get taken out of context. It's going to get canceled. Without a doubt. So it's like we are, our filters are now, yes, is it challenging us to, you know, be a bit more thoughtful about the audience in which you're speaking to and a bit more? Yes, absolutely. But it's gone to the point where it's crippling how you even can communicate. You can't even, you're so worried about being canceled, right? So if every, if everything that you see online is filtered through this lens of it's been diluted to not be canceled. So it's somewhere away from the truth right? Mm -hmm. It's already been stripped down. And then you add all of the like, what is the financial net gain of that messaging? Like who is paying that person to speak? Who is, who, who could potentially lose their job if they say the truth? Mm -hmm. Who needs to keep their job? Who's, and you take all of those things and they kind of like, is the, is, is new media really even real? Is it even the truth? Right. And here you have a, an individual um, who is literally saying, Cancel culture doesn't affect me and I have all the money in the world that I need. So you can't actually financially ruin me. So I'm just going to say exactly what I want to say. So, you know, he's giving you the truth. You know, that's actually the truth because there is no, there is no hidden motive. There is no hidden agenda. Right. And so I think that that, that is, that speaks less to Andrew Tate. It speaks more about where we're heading in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that he gives us an ability to kind of view it as like, you know, guys, like we are in a pretty dishonest situation right now. Like the way the world is functioning. We're pretty, 
dishonest about a lot of things. And we know how, if you run the simulation of being too dishonest, how, how much that can start to like navigate your life. If you're always so far from the truth, you're always one, one degree from the truth, two degrees from the truth, right? Now you start living into a world of lies and you can't even keep track of them all, right? Or, or, or a world of embellishments, Mm-hmm. No, or a world of over-exaggeration or under-exaggeration of how you actually feel, right? And so I think that that's why when a con- when content comes online that feels freaking like it's from the gut, it hits hard because you're like, whoa, that sounded unfiltered. Like that sounded like raw. Um, and I like that. And there's people mm-hmm. who do it in a great way. Gary Vee, Grant Cardone. These are the similar kind of polarizing type of figures, but you can tell they speak from the gut. Like the, you can mm-hmm. tell that they have a little bit of like their language comes from like a place of like, it's not being filtered by some worry of something. Right. Right. Um, or they have this idea that they're um, you know, they can bounce back from, or they can, they can, they can take what's been snipped out and can bounce back. Like if some, maybe some of Gary V's language been taken out of context and he's learned throughout the years that he needs to find another way to say how he was saying things and, you know, navigate mm-hmm. that conversation, which to come back to the point, I think Andrew Tate has understood that now. And that's what I feel like the takeaway from his final message was, mm. was that I've developed this iron mind and therefore I don't care what you think about me. And I don't feel like I need to address what you think about me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why he let kind of narratives that were like running wild about him just kind of run. He was like, I don't need to address them. I don't care. I'm not mm. emotionally affected by what you're saying right? He talks about having 50,000 death threats daily, mm-hmm. right? Not affecting me, not affecting me, not affecting me. So for his, his, his mechanism was, this is not affecting me. I'm not going to address it. But what the, the element that he didn't under, I guess, understand at the time, and which is speaks to the banning is with great influence comes great responsibility. Right. And so just letting narratives that are untrue and fabricated, whatever run about you, even mm-hmm. though you're using an iron mind to be like, I'm just not going to address that. Cause it's just like, you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's beneath me. Addressing it is actually how you need to move. If you're going to be this big of a person, mm-hmm. if you're going to be this influential. Right. And I think that he did wear some accountability for that in that final message. Uh, but I did want to kind of just tie that last bit in, but you know, to speak to the authenticity. Um, I think that he definitely represents that. And I think that all of us who are navigating this world and looking at social media should really question how authentic we think it is, Mm -hmm. how authentic we think the world is right now. And I think that you bring up a great point. I think that's something that we want to make sure we do in this episode is relate a lot of what we're speaking about to the concept of masculinity, the masks that we may be wearing in certain situations and why those masks exist, but also more importantly, to help us like get into fit concepts and language that uh, are being, uh, what's the word used a lot, I guess, in the realm of what's healthy masculinity versus unhealthy or toxic or whatever. And the word that you used in it was in, I th- I don't know if he actually used it, but it was integrity. The addressing of one's mistakes or downfalls or uh, miscommunications, right? Like by his stand, it's not worth it for him to go back and address specific things. And in the realm of what we're trying to create here together and with all of our past concepts, we have a few episodes around integrity is that uh, integrity is not just really staying true to your word, um, in the sense it's also going back and honoring when you did happen to break that word. So he's like, a lot of this was taken out of context. Cool. So 
then I would like you to explain what your context was. Like, I would like you to give me an understanding of that because you also agree that we're not on the same page here, which means the way you communicated to me is not clear. It's being misconstrued somewhere. So if you would like to get on the same page, I would like to do that as well. But that's going to ask of him to face those videos. And, you know, even if they're clipped, this is one thing that I found very interesting about his final message is that um, in regards to masculine or not masculinity, integrity, he didn't go into um, some of the more misogynistic uh, videos that came out. He did not address those. And I found that fascinating uh, because I think that that's really where the problems were, is that we were leading men down a road or young boys down a road that a lot of people in the world do not agree are conducive to a healthy masculine environment within someone. So we didn't, he didn't really address those. And I left that conversation confused, but also not confused. I had the and both. I said, why didn't you address this? And then I was like, oh, I think I understand why you didn't address it. Because part of him doesn't believe he has to, which is, in my opinion, not a healthy way of approaching your life. And regardless of how far gone it is or how in the past it is, I think that you should always be willing to have a conversation about the things that you have done uh, because in that conversation breeds opportunity. But what I did notice was that he uh, struggles to feel uh, what's the, what's the word, maybe remorse for any of his past experiences, or if he offended somebody or if he, express that he was very rude or disrespectful or patriarchal. Like he doesn't really have much remorse for that. He doesn't feel guilty for anything. And I think if I gathered it right, he doesn't really have an emotional attachment to himself. Like there's, a, there's an emotionality missing about him that he doesn't really care for. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get sad. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't get happy. He doesn't get any of these things. He's just this like object moving through the air which I found very interesting. So the reason that I pull all this out is because a lot of these things I just mentioned are concepts that you and I have been trying to unpack, understand more clearly and give an understanding of what ways you could go without demonizing the human part of us. Right? All of these human things like emotionality and guilt is, is, um, is human and remorse is human and care is human, like all of these things. And it's funny too, cause I bet you, um, and this is an interpretation, but I bet you a lot of people who, who follow this specific individual, and he, if they heard this snippet I just gave, they would say that I am soft. They would say that I am the gardener, not the warrior. And I absolutely hear that. And I think that it's a fascinating journey we're in right now where um, a lot of soft content comes out and, for, and is asking men to uh, what they, I think, uh, interpret it as to be weak. Uh, and then they're looking at those people and they're like, you don't inspire me. Like you don't inspire me as a man to do anything with my life. You're just asking me to be vulnerable and soft so that I feel better about myself. But then you have the entire societal culture that's asking you to be more successful, to have more things, to have more money and cars and big houses. The whole of society is asking me to do that. So I'm still kind of like, I would like that though. Like that mm -hmm. looks really cool. And Andrew Tate is that form. He's, he literally said in his video, he's like, people follow me because I'm aspirational. Like they actually, they want to, they want my life. And that's the definition of how so many people have looked at success is wanting somebody else's life. So what, it, what was the expectation here? What is the expectation for everyone to stop following him because he says controversial things? 
while his life is still very aspirational, the way that he lives is a way in which young people want to live. So you can't really expect that. If you go into that comment, you did you go through the comments of the video? The I did actually. No, I didn't. Uh, so as I was watching it, I went, I was scrolling through it and I think it's 99 to one positive. Hmm. Like no joke. And not just positive, like great video. So glad you said this. It's like, bro, you changed my life. Mm-hmm. Bro, bro, like you got me out of depression. Like, bro, like, you know, take forever. I was shook by the comment section on YouTube video. I'm not sure YouTube has its own followers. So it's not necessarily like a big place where a lot of controversy happens. I have found that it seems to be more Instagram and TikTok that people speak about that, but YouTube has its following. So it's different. Um, but I, I scrolled, I wasn't playing games. I didn't do one, two scrolls and see 10 comments. I probably saw about one to 200 comments and I would bargain it's 99 to one support him because he lives a lavish lifestyle that society is pumping into us. So it doesn't change anything when he says things that are very controversial or disrespectful towards women. Nothing changes in the psyche because they, it's very easy to just one off that when he idolized someone very easy. Yeah, I said a lot. Go ahead. I said a lot of things there. You absolutely ripped that by the way. Oof, man, that was like, I, I should have taken notes because I feel like there was so many points at the beginning and in the middle and the end, but I think my brains gr- grasped it. I wanted to, one thing I wanted to highlight what you said is that like, we understand fellas if sometimes our content and our literature isn't going to help you in the short term, you know, totally. And it may not get you cars. That's our, our goal is not to get you cars. Please continue. Yeah. And, and, and we, we, we know that like we, we understand that, but like our, our, our goal is to, is to show you the whole entire rainbow of masculinity, like every nuance of it, you know, and how you approach your, you know, because there is an element of like the, you know, when someone like that aggressively says, don't be a pussy. I'm like, okay, I don't like that language, but I understand the message, right? At some point you got to get up. Right. Like at some point you, you, you got to like do something about your circumstance. Right. And it might be, you have to take a softer approach to get hard. You know what I mean? You might have to take some of the, so like you might have to get therapy before you can, you know, do this thing and do this thing. But the, like the, the residue of that statement, don't be a pussy because Andrew Tate is saying it and he's a masculine guy. And you're, you're, you're hearing that in the way of like, Oh my God, I guess I got to like stop crying or whatever. But really, if you just strip down that sentence, don't be a pussy, and you just go, at some point, wherever you are, and, and this is the, he started the conversation with his, his upbringing, his life has been very difficult, very difficult. He's not like, he wasn't born into money. He wasn't born into, and that's why he's so aspirational is because, you know, he literally grew up in Southside Chicago, went through a divorce, was bullied in school. He shared the bullying thing, right? Like he was not very, very desired, right? Probably had a lot of insecurities around those things. And he had to develop this iron mind to, you know, conquer and to become. So if you're looking at like, you know, the hero's journey, not only has he had this origin story that was difficult, all the adversity, but like he's had a crazy comeback arc. And then now he's in that like self-actualization side of things where he's just giving a very one way approach to like approaching this, which when I view him, I view it like old parenting, you know, treat every kid the exact same, give them all the same treatment. Don't individualize every kid to like how they're feeling or how they're doing. Just parent them all the exact same way. It worked for me. It should work for you. Done. Mm-hmm. Black and white. Black and right? white. Yep. And what we offer is way more color. Hmm green, blue, red, yellow, what you want. 
what flavor are you looking for? <laughs> and and what we, what, we, what we try to champion is that there is multiple ways to get this done. Mm-hmm. But to go well back said. to the original point, eventually you have to, in the words of Andrew Tate, you know, stop being a pussy because eventually, whether you're listening to him or listening to us, you got to own your shit. You got to step into it and you got to own, you got to own that this life is, you're going to either get in the driver's seat of it or you're going to be a passenger for the rest of your life. And that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's many different avenues to take in terms of solving that problem. And Andrew Tate just offers one lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens and, and, to be very I, old school. Yeah. And that's the willingness right there. If, just in your entire explanation, if you, if the listener, you're listening to this, you didn't catch that. It's taking what somebody says and trying to interpret the intention because you won't be able to have a conversation with this guy. You're not going to be able to go and say, like, I don't understand why you said, don't be a pussy. And because we're so attached right now to to opinions and we're not equally as attached to understanding or compassion or seeing people as a human being, uh, we see them in completely different ways now. We don't ask questions. We just attack back, right? Andrew Tate says something like that and we feel attacked. So we attack back. It's like this two wrongs make a right has really entered into our world right now. Uh, and it's difficult because it closes off us a lot, a lot of our boxes. Like it, no one's willing to ask that question. And I think even for me, I wasn't either. Like, I don't want to have that conversation. I can feel that, but like, why is that? That's because of my own internal struggle with maybe conflict or being faced with a different truth, uh, or feeling, I don't know, wrong in the way that I think I don't want to be seen as wrong. So I'm not going to go ask him why he said that. Cause maybe he'll convince me otherwise of who I think I am. I don't know. There's a million different routes about it, but what you did there was you took a moment to dissect. Okay. You know, I don't think that there was ill intent with that. And I think that there is a different way to look at that. What is he really trying to say? Okay. Well, I could interpret it this way and say, okay, yeah, he's absolutely right. Like personal responsibility and taking ownership for your life and taking action and doing the things is what's going to get you where you want to go. And that's the simple truth. Uh, and you don't have to do it his way, but regardless, the depth of the message still remains. So everything is, and even he kind of phrases this too in his, his video, he said, everything has, uh, layers to it in the sense of everything that I have ever said is being snipped into six to 10 second videos. And now, you know, I've been completely villainized for those six to 10 second videos. And I did that. I literally was not willing to look at any of his other content. I didn't care. I saw these 10 second videos and I was convinced and there was no willingness to dissect. What does he mean? Why is he saying that? What was the previous conversation? And it's hard. Like I can, I can feel even as I express this out loud that sharing this with someone, let alone an entire podcast community that I wanted to know more, it feels like I'm going against the grain. Like, it feels like, well, he said it though. And I'm like, I understand he said that. And what I'm asking is, why did he say it? What was the previous conversation? What happened after? Was he questioned on it? Was he challenged on it? I have no idea how that conversation came to be. None. All I see is a clip and I'm convinced of some sort of perspective based on the collective perspective. So there's not a lot of self-sovereignty and unique individualism happening through this process. It's very much what's popular and should I just jump on board or should I also jump on board with what else is popular, which is the opposite of this. 
right? Neutra- There's no room for neutrality in this world. You have to pick. And I think a lot of times like picking doesn't really serve you. And sometimes it does. And, I mean, that's your choice to make. Um, but what I, I think I'm just get, getting to in a really roundabout way is that uh, we really love a villain. The world loves a villain. And I, I think that now that he technically is removed from the internet, it's going to be a very short time span before somebody else is a villain. And we'll be having the same conversation, I'm sure, in the future about the next villain around masculinity and men and patriarchy and all that. I think that it's going to happen very quickly. And, you know, you can even take it in the context of we just had a conversation around Will Smith. Will Smith was the villain at the time. Now, Will Smith is kind of in the apologetic space and he's trying to reground and um, center himself with his position in the world, which is no longer popular. No, No one really cares that much anymore. It's not a conversation. Why? Because, well, people like Andrew Tate exist now. What's the next big drama that we can focus on so that we don't have to focus on our own lives? And it was Kanye West before that. Exactly. And Trump. And there's always a villain. Like it never ends. Which is helpful to understand, I think, and not not an attack on the way things are. I think there always has been a villain. It's the way that we've worked. Because if there is no villain, then what? Then there's what? Peace? Like you're just chilling. You're just hanging out. Like the world doesn't really want that. They want you to constantly be searching for something. So the villainizing of somebody is really helpful in that, in that uh, arena. And it's not going to end. So knowing that we're not going to ever stop focusing on having a villain in our story, I think gives us more power to uh, be our own author, if you will, mm-hmm. in our own story. It like, empowers us once we understand that narrative that the villainization isn't going anywhere. Yeah, I really like that, you know, that back and forth we just had because I think that um, it really showed, you know, it was kind of movie-esque, you know, we showed the character, we showed how the character is being perceived. We showed what the character is actually pulling out in you. Um, you know, we talked about like, you know, like that conversation part started with the, you know, the don't be a pussy element and how that actually, if you step away from that and read into that, like one, the reason why we don't like the don't be a pussy is because it's not a progressive statement anymore because a pussy vagina is on a woman. And, 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 and that, that sounds like you're saying women are weak. And if you have a already uh, a projection of being misogynistic and being patriarchy, it sounds like you don't care about the progression of women just by saying that statement alone. Right. So that already fuels the narrative of like, you know, you're misogynistic, you're patriarchy, but let's say you took that out of it, right? Let's say you focus it on like being directed at men. You're not going to focus on the word pussy. You're going to focus on like what the old version of that word meant, like, you know, gross girl pair kind of thing. How I'm going to flip this on its head completely. If you saw Andrew Tate and you heard the don't be a pussy and you, and you, and you, and you zoomed out a little bit and you didn't go like deeper into masculinity, you just zoomed out and you became, this is modern masculinity now. And I heard that statement, you know what it did for me? Just hearing a statement like that is it's that it, 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 what it what it spoke to me was don't be a pussy go get therapy you know you want it you're scared to get therapy aren't you can't don't be a pussy fit in that exact same context hmm. stop being a baby you know you need therapy go get it mm-hmm. 
it fits. It's all how you take it, right? It's like, what is the don't be a, you know, I don't want to even keep saying that because that's it's just a, I can, I, it just doesn't even resonate with me. Yeah. It doesn't even resonate with me anymore, but stop being a baby, you know, stop being a baby, go get therapy, have the courage to go. Like, what is the next move? Stop being whatever you're being right now and take the next step. I'm not saying that means go to the gym six times a day. It could be you're staring, you've been on the therapy website and you're like, you know, go have that conversation with that guy that you go open up to somebody, stop being a baby and go do something about what's going on. And, and, and we're interpreting that as like, put on the shield and go fight the battle and like be in the, no, sometimes it just means the next step. Like stop mm. being a baby about your environment and what is the next step you can do? Mm. Go have that difficult conversation. Go seek out therapy, right? And so this is where it's like, it's the world is so much about how you interpret things. And if mm. somebody is like, you know, and I guarantee you, um, if, you know, somebody that you think is being a little bit more brass and you're not liking what they're saying, if, it, if, 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 if you just stripped it down to like, what is the next move for me and how does that apply? Mm. Then your next move is really telling about who you want to be as a person, right? Um, is it go back into the rat race or is it like, like I said, like stop being a baby and go get therapy, stop being a baby and, you know, take on that next challenge. So that's just a, that was, I just wanted to share that reframe just so that you can like, it's a, it's a, you, it's how you hear it and, um, and what you want to do with it. And that's what I mean by the message can come from somebody and it can be, it could be taken in so many different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So like at the root of it. Yeah. At the root of it. Yeah. You got to stop being whatever you're being and take that next step. And that doesn't mean becoming, you know, Hulk. Sometimes that just means having a conversation. And something that came to me when I was watching the video that I think is perfectly timed for this is, uh, Andrew or not uh, Andrew, um, David Goggins. Like, I don't know personally if there was ever a point where Andrew or why do I keep calling him Andrew? Uh, David Goggins got canceled. David Goggins. Do you know any, anything about that? Was he attacked for the way that he speaks or the way that he approaches life? Mm -hmm. No. Okay, good. Not that we know of. So if we're wrong, we're wrong. But in this moment, we don't have any evidence that Goggins was canceled. Goggins is like the coined term of don't be a bitch. So egg, I think that we're getting confused in the narrative here. We're not actually upset about the language in that context. We're really not. We're upset about who it's coming from. And we want someone to be wrong in the way that they speak um, <clears throat> and not progressive enough for us. We're like, well, we're doing all of these progressive things. So you should be a progressive too. You should be on the same page as us. And you should not be saying those kinds of things. Um, but David Goggins is just as hard. He's, if not harder, of a human being. And his approach is even more aggressive. Like, it's just another example of men out there who are aspirational in their own right mind, in their own right way for them. And they're offering you an opportunity to do the same if you would like. Right. This is the goes back to the question: How did Andrew take amass such a large following? Because he created a way. He showed you what he did. He gave you the tools, and he made it simple for you. And he did so by using phrases like "Don't be a pussy," to him meaning "Get to work." You want it? Go do it. And Goggins did the same thing. You want to do all of these ultras? get to your ass to work. 
you feel some pain, you should probably push through that. Or you can't do an ultra. Like there's, there's the dynamics have not changed. It, the, I think the biggest differentiator between Goggins naturally and Tate is that Tate's talking about women. Goggins is not. There's a big differentiator in the way we're in in the world right now where the conversation around uh, equality is very large as it should be. So any attack that or any seeming attack on that is going to be met with a very large following of people who will combat that, including myself, right? If you watch the final message of him, though, like he definitely explains a lot of his perspective towards women and towards his beliefs and perspectives surrounding how women should be treated. One thing to go back to in this, like for me, maybe even a wrap up moment is that you said something along the lines of like, you know, interpreting, don't be a pussy. I agree firmly with my, I guess my own belief that there is a much better way to say that way better. And that's definitely, I think what you were saying too, but it's just clearing the air. The way that Andrew Tate has spoken um, can be cleaned up. And I think he's catching that he's understanding. I can't speak like that anymore, which is good. So this process has fueled some sort of positive change in the way this dynamic will be created, which is good. Did it need to go to counseling? Maybe not so, but regardless, we're here and he's kind of working his way through that. At least it seems that way. Uh, But I firmly agree that there is a better way to say things in that context. Uh, And the only reason that I was able to do that is because I was challenged by many people in my life that I wasn't speaking the right way that I wasn't speaking in a way that um, does have some sort of inclusion in it. Now, let's be clear when I'm working with clients, for example, and they're not like showing up, I show compassion and we work together on the reasonings and we, we take the approach of, okay, like why is this happening and what can we start to maybe change or try or, you know, do something different. And then at some point, if that is not happening, I do get a little bit more assertive in my approach and say, listen, you want this. I know you want this. So what are we doing about it? I get there. I don't say don't be a pussy. I get there by saying we need to start creating some change. We need to start making movements. Do you want this or not? Prove it to yourself. Don't prove it to me. And so that dynamic still exists. It's just in a different way. So really what I think really needs to come out of this conversation is don't cancel someone, prompt them to speak about things in a different way that works in respect. I think that a lot of what Andrew Tate has said in the past is very disrespectful. I do. And so be it. Um, I, th- I think that I don't, it's not helpful for me to look at him as a bad person. It's more helpful for me to live in the world of how can we support him in improving upon his own language? How can we support that movement still? How can I stand firmer in my ground that I think there's a better way to say it? It's really what I feel like it asks of me. Does that make sense to you? I feel like I, I rambled a bit there, but I think I was just had, I have a lot of thoughts around this concept of like language. And I don't really want to get in a position where I am defending him because I'm not defending Andrew Tate. I think that there's a lot of things that he did not say clearly. He, he did uh, in many ways, I think intentionally said them to rile people up, but also they're his beliefs at the raw core uh, towards how he treats people and towards his perspective. Like, I think when he says, don't be a pussy, I think that there are connotations in his own mind. Don't be a girl. Don't be a woman. Cause he does see gender roles as a big part of his life in that. What did he say in the video? He said something along the lines of, 
Um, you know, I don't take my children to an all male daycare for a reason. Right. And just like, I don't, um, whatever the opposite was, so he's very prevalent on like the general clear. And I think that there's this idea of perfectionism in this world that we're looking to attain. And we think is possible this utopian, everyone's on the same page thing and everyone's living the life we think is the right one or the one everyone is popular. Um, and I don't think that's possible, but I think that what I'm getting at is, um, for me in this specific conversation, it's so much less about Andrew Tate and it's so much more about his behavior. That's really what I'm pulling out of here. And that's what I'm learning about myself too, is like my behavior is not me. My behavior is what I've learned or what I've, I've created to cope with life. And I can change that. Um, but there are specific aspects of being a human that don't leave just because of that behavior. Absolutely. And I think what we know about behavior is behavior can't be changed, right? Um, behavior can't be changed and it can't be progressive and we, we can't work towards, like you said, better language, uh, better messaging. Um, because if somebody sent us an email, and this is really interesting, right? If somebody sent us an email with the name removed and said, this individual wants to be on the podcast, they are advocates of men's issues, a mental and physical health strength, the protection of women, which is the values that he highlighted as that is what he stands for. He did, yeah. If, if you removed, if you sent us that email without the name on it, we're going, this is our guy. We yeah. love these things. And then he showed up, we'd be like, whoa. <sighs> Right. So it's a weird thing. It's like you're on our team, technically, really. It's like to speak to your point, just your language on what you're you're addressing the same issues we're addressing. You just do it in a really old way. You yeah. know, so to your point, we're not that far off from each other other than language. Really, the difference between our messaging is language. And mm -hmm. and 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 we come from a place of compassion and respect. He doesn't really care for respect. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's more he's more polarizing, but look at where we've gone as a podcast and look at what he's done. Right. And that just, I think speaks to how the world pushes information out. Right. If two people on the same team addressing the same issues, one side is more compassionate, more respectful. One side is absolutely misogynistic, you know, disrespectful, patriarchy, all of these things. And the world just runs with one more content than the other. I think it just kind of speaks to how, you know, we want to interpret things and how negative the world's really become, you know, as a whole. To really wrap up kind of your point there in terms of kind of language and all those kind of things, I think that there is, you know, overall, we've taken a very, I guess I would say neutral, but some would probably argue more net positive for kind of just being very holistic about how you analyze this. And I, I can hear people being like, guys, there is some really disgusting things you guys have said, and you're not addressing it the same way his last final message didn't address it either, right? Like he avoided showing anything that was like really accountable, you know, because everything he showed kind of avoided accountability, which is kind of an it awkward, did, yeah. it's kind of it's, an awkwardness, right? It's an apology. You're, you're trying to say, I'm going to own ownership. I think that I'm supposed to be responsible. Well, then where's, where's the clip of you saying, I'm not giving that guy CPR. I'm not gay. Where is that exactly. clip of you saying, you know, if women just had their body counts on their forehead, the world would be a better place. Whereas the video where, you know, if you, if you sit in front of these videos and start to dissect what you actually meant it and break it down, then well, we're in a different conversation, but you want to ignore those videos showcase some, you know, obviously 
editing professionally that's you know taking you out of context and you want to highlight that and then you want to take the one video which i thought was really clever he took you know a, a kinky role play of him and his ex-girlfriend where he's being a little bit more dominant and then had her be like we we're just playful we we're just and then and then calling it like is that kink shaming now which is a very clever way of playing against the world of being like you guys are just shaming everything now mm-hmm. without addressing the real elephant in the room, right? Without addressing mm-hmm. any of the real videos, any of the real content, any of the real things that created uproar in, uh, in the world. So, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you, you get, you get a seven out of 10 for accountability because you never really care <laughs> accountability. Um, I'll give him but, a five. I don't, I don't think he's going to take a seven. He's not taking a seven from me. No way. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give him a five. We'll give him a five. Um, <laughs> short from perfect. Um, but, uh, the, the accountability that I liked about him though was understanding that great influence equals great responsibility. That part mm-hmm. I actually like the fact that he needs to step in and address stuff. That was the the part of the accountability part that I liked, uh, not his past behavior. But to summarize all that, I think that we understand as a modern masculinity podcast that there is a lot of language that this man has used that kind of regresses all the progression that we've done. And we don't support any of that. All the things about, you know, women are not objects. Women are not to be controlled. Women are not possessions. Women are individuals who have their own agendas, their own motivators, their own challenges that we should only support in helping them overcome and not do exactly what the world has done with Andrew Tate and put them in a box. Men who are struggling with mental health, men who are at a breaking point in terms of, you know, next steps and what they want to do. There's multiple different ways to take the next step. If Andrew Tate is you know, in terms of his physical and mental strength and, you know, the things that he shared showcases about, you know, moving the needle forward for you mentally, if that's working for you, great. You're moving forward in your progression. This is all, this is, this is, we're talking about everything that doesn't involve the misogyny and the patriarchy and all those other things we're talking about. Get on he going to the gym. He's a big advocate for going to the gym. He's a big advocate for, you know, writing your goals down. He's a big advocate for all those things. So if those are those, those you're using those tools and they're working for you, great. If those tools aren't going to work for you, there's so many other ways to take a next step. And you're not weak for choosing a different path. And the things that you see in Tate's life that you're aspiring to, just know that there's like a billion different ways to get there. If that is what you're holding on to. If you know you listen to the Modern Masculinity Podcast and you're like, guys, I don't think what you guys are feeding me here is going to get me to a supercar, but this guy got a supercar and, and he's speaking the gospel, so I'm going to follow him. It makes more sense. Just know that the route to the supercar is very diverse. Multiple different ways, when you, multiple different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. And I'll end on this point. Life is about the journey and not about the destination. I say that to say if the destination is a supercar, how you get there is actually very important. So to be mindful of who you're becoming on your way to a supercar and who you're following on the way to the supercar is really what the measurement of who you are as a man is going to become is really the litmus test of who you are 
is how you went from where you are right now to whatever you're aspiring to and how you're getting it done is really the story. Cause we all know once you get the car, you have the car and it's over. You just, you just, you just look for the next thing. Right. So honor your journey, honor your process, be way more colorful in the way you approach. What's the next best step for you. The world isn't black and white. There's a lot more nuance and just because you're being called forward or you're feeling a, a riff inside of you when someone who's so polarizing is the opposite side of you. I think that there's an invitation to explore why you're feeling that way. Then if you're in the garden and you lack warrior, find the warrior. If you're in the war and you lack garden, find the garden. The truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. I couldn't agree more. And I think that my part of my final message is pulling out of what you just said. And it was uh, it in a brief sentence. It's, it's if you avoid conversation, you avoid opportunity. And I just recently read that in a book. And I think that having this conversation is important because just like any other conversation, it breeds opportunity. If we're willing to move through the discomfort of having it in the first place. And I'm a relationship coach. So conversation is everything in relationships. And uh, as a man, I noticed that there are things that I don't want to talk about because it makes it feel like there's a problem. I was bred with, it felt like that narrative of, of we have to talk about money or sex or anything that's happening, connection, communication, then that must mean that there's a problem because we're talking about it. And if we're not talking about it, then everything is all good. But how many times in my life I have chosen not to talk about something out of whatever fear I had at the moment and how much opportunity I missed because I wasn't willing to have a conversation with someone about something is like, I would be a millionaire if I got paid a penny every single time, the classic statement. So I think that uh, having or being willing to have a conversation around something that brings you a lot of discomfort is very important because you learn a lot about yourself and you put yourself in a position to take on uh, new narratives, new perspectives. And this is essentially what Andrew Tate did. He sparked a conversation in, in the world. He sparked a big conversation and a lot of people are being asked to face themselves in the process, being asked to have the conversation. And People like this don't blow up for no reason. They don't amass a huge following for no reason. It doesn't just happen because it went viral. Why did it go viral? Why is the following so large? What's the pull? Like it doesn't just happen out of nowhere. And I think that being able to understand that gives you the opportunity to say, okay, um, he's super popular because he is so polarizing. Okay. But like, who is he? Who is this person? And I'm at, uh, no liberty of saying I'm any better than that process. Cause I didn't do that either. I saw his shit and I left and I said, I don't want any part of it. I didn't, I, I didn't ask myself, who is he? Why does he think this way? Where does he come from? What's his vision? Like I just said, this is bullshit behavior. This is not helpful to our dynamics. So we'll just ignore it. And staying open to that process says like, maybe I would have Googled him and watched one of his videos because there are parts of what he says that I take. And I say, yes, I agree. And there are parts where I say no. And I disagree. 
And why is it that I am being asked by the world to take on the things I don't agree with as my model for him when there are things he does that I do agree with? I don't need to think black and white. And anyone who is listening right now, it's a very good opportunity to just think more openly to the process around understanding. And you don't have to get into compassion or whatever. You don't have to get soft with it. It's just uh, the missing link is the understanding link. And getting clear on the opportunity that people like this and their behaviors like this give you an opportunity to reestablish who you are in this world. Take what you want, leave the rest. Take what you want from this episode, leave the rest. We have the greatest of intentions. And apparently Andrew Tate did as well of the way that he was approaching things. And you may misconstrue some things in this. And what we're asking is have a conversation, have a conversation with us. We don't, we don't have the opportunity to have a conversation with Andrew Tate. So we're just doing our best interpretively. But if you want to have a conversation about something we said, let's talk about it. That's what we're here for to unpack everything around the concept of masculinity. And we hope that you'll do so and not just look at something that we said today and say, I can't believe they think that way and moving on with your life. Like I did with this specific concept, because it does nobody any good. I firmly believe that it does more harm than it does help. So that's the conversation for today, at least. Uh, He's a big one. Uh, His behaviors are a big one. And I hope that we were able to provide a zoomed out perspective around what's going on in the world. He's a very, very important topic. And we hope that this sparked you to have a conversation with someone about it in your life that maybe you have a disagreement with, or even just to take in some of the information you have been around Andrew Tate and digest it differently. You know, there are a lot of different perspectives towards things in life and there's no true one. A quote that I was reminded of just now is um, the only decision or action that is right is the one that you make right. So you have the freedom and power to do so. But that's it. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, please let us know. We are itching for it to be able to support you in better ways. If there are other topics within this topic you want us to dissect, let's do that. We'd love to answer your questions. So you can email those or you can find us on Instagram at Modern Masculinity. The C is a K and just DM us and we'll be able to have conversations through the, through the podcast with your help. Don't forget to download, subscribe, follow us everywhere and leave us a rating. So that way we know how we're doing and how, where we could improve. And don't forget YouTube. We are on YouTube with all of our guest episodes. So you can find us there as well. Otherwise, have an incredible day and we'll see you in the next episode. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember that it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.